This episode of Pompey Talk is brought to you in association with Portsmouth.co.uk. To stay in the know about everything happening at Fratton Park, including the latest news, analysis and transfer updates, take out an online Pompey subscription with the Portsmouth News today at portsmouth.co.uk forward slash subscriptions. Our offer starts at less than £1 a week. You'll get unlimited online access to award-winning reporting with fewer ads and free access to our digital edition and mobile app. Hello and welcome to Pompey Talk, the news podcast. I'm Jordan Cross, joined by Head of Sport Mark McMahon and Blues writer Will Rooney to give you the inside track on the latest events at Fratton Park. On this week's show, we have the up-to-the-minute coronavirus picture, where the season's headed and the key moment which looms on the horizon for Pompey and the rest of the EFL next week. There's the latest on the futures of Rasmus Nicolaisen, Cam Pring and Jordi Harula. We highlight transfer targets for Pompey to pursue next month. And there's a game of transfer stay or go to sign off 2020. You can download our podcast on Spotify as well as Apple Podcast and SoundCloud. So give us a listen, like and subscribe to get each edition downloaded to your device and keep your finger firmly on the PO4 pulse at portsmouth.co.uk. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of Pompey Talk, the final one of the year. And helping me bring in 2021 is none other than Jordan Cross and Will Rooney. Welcome, lads. How's what a delight to be here. What a delight to be here on New Year's Eve, at the end of a tumultuous year, to reflect on all that's happened. I wouldn't, wouldn't want to be with anyone else. Well, that's what I was going to say. Where would you rather be than us today spending time talking about Pompey when the rest of the world is sitting in, drinking beer, watching TV and just getting fat? Well, I did just see on Sky Sports it said takeover complete. I think... <laughs> Jory's gone, well, we'll never that's know. That's been anticlimax, eh? We'll never know, will we? Yeah. <laughs> the curse of 2020 well, can oh, he's back again. He's back again. He's back. Back. Try again. Is it worth repeating what you were trying to say, or is it one of those moments where you just went, ah, it doesn't matter? You know, the, the John's depressed. The news's parent company has just been sold, Mark. That's what I was telling you. Oh, yes, yes, yes. We have indeed. Breaking news. We know very little about it, do we? Well, we might have a job for another couple of weeks, or we could be out of a job in a couple of weeks. So, uh, yeah. So let's make the most of this time we have together. Yes, definitely. Definitely. So, <laughs> let's cheer everybody up by talking about coronavirus. <laughs> we, haven't about had a in, <laughs> we haven't had a Pompey talk in two weeks. There's been no football for two weeks, all because of, yes, you've got it, coronavirus. Jordi. At the moment, at this moment in time, the game against Arlington is going ahead. Pompey are back training, but it may be a pitch that gets in the way. But at least Pompey are reporting a better bill of health at this moment in time. Yeah, yeah, that that is the one positive to take out of this uh, 
chaotic period. I know there's been some reflection on on what we've been reporting over the past couple of weeks and using words like chaotic and some accusations of sensationalism that I would counter that, you know, I haven't spoken to people at Pompey. They've just been very, very concerned about what's taken place and, and we feel we've relayed that fairly. Now, I mean, when we first reported the coronavirus test, I mean, we're talking sort of about 10, 11 days ago now, probably more actually, um, and I don't think people quite realised the extent of the concern, um, but what's happened in the ensuing days probably has afforded everyone some context uh, with the amount of games that have been called off and, and the outbreaks at other clubs and, and, and genuine concern for to where where things stand at the moment. Um, so, yes, just just desperately disappointing um, that Pompey go top and the enthusiasm when we were driving back from Hull the, the press corps and we were so exuberant and just flattened by, by what's happened afterwards and the, and, the, and the lost momentum. But plus point, as you referenced, Mark, is I've just spoken to Kenny Jacket in the last hour or two. Um, clean bill of health, coronavirus-wise. All the players that tested positive and all the players that are isolating are back in <coughs> full group training. Um, as Neil Allen uh, reported earlier, group training has been taking place since the start of the week. Uh, well, the way Kenny explained it, it was kind of individual uh, based on, on Monday, but then as the week's gone on, they have actually gone into group training um, and different players have been coming back who have been isolated for different periods of time across that period. But as of when this podcast has been recorded on Thursday, now they've got everyone back, everyone training and everyone in good nick. With the slight exception of Lee Brown, who's just at the back end of a hamstring injury, so not even coronavirus related, and he's in, in well placed to be nearly back in contention. As we build up for an Accrington game that looks like it might get called off. <laughs> well, um, how much of how much of an impact will this coronavirus outbreak have on Poppy? Will it will it play havoc with the momentum? Um, going into Saturday's game, if it still goes ahead, will Poppy have been able to? Put as much preparation into it as much as David like. Of course not. No, I mean as Jordan says, I went a whole book. You you really enthusiastic when you just beaten a key promotion rival very comfortably, and things were on a high going into games against Swindon and Bristol Rovers, both lurking in the final third of the table, thinking this is six points here, we can really start kicking on now, and that impetus has gone slightly. I mean. The feeling in the camp will still be we're in a good position, we can still get promotion. But you know, if they if, if Pompey has gone into this game against Sackington on the back of wins against Swindon and, and Bristol Rovers, they would have been a real force been wrecked with now. We have to we've had to have ten days isolating new football. Obviously you can keep yourself ticking over, but there's nothing like there's nothing we can replicate being else on the training pitches there and and getting your juices flowing and, you know, preparing for games properly, tactically. Kenny Jacker puts a lot of emphasis on you can't do that now, as Sean said. It's Monday, individual training. That's another day wasted. So obviously, Friday, they're travelling up there, and then you probably do something light, maybe a couple of set pieces up near in Lancashire. So you've effectively got three days, really, to, to prepare for a game. The good thing is that Accrington, let's not forget, they've been in a similar boat to Pompey. They haven't played either between Christmas and New Year. They haven't played since Blackpool on the 19th of of December, games against Sunderland and Doncaster cancelled. So if you were going to play a team, you'd probably want to play a team who've also had a peak, wouldn't you? 
which is the positive. And I know Atkinson have been the surprise package definitely this season. But if Pompey can carry on that momentum, then you, you think they can get a result up there. Would, would this have been a good game for them, though? I know you've explained it all, like, but is this a good game for Pompey to actually a pitch to get in the way, Jordy? Would, like, you do want to, especially with the form that have been in this season, with maybe only half of your, your group training together and the other half training individually. Is it, is it a bad thing then, this game? Maybe called off? I, I, I think so. I, I put it this way, when it became clear that the next the Pompey games over the Christmas period were going to bite the dust. I was was uh, very concerned from a from take the, the the health issues out of it. Just looking at it from a from a league <coughs> professional perspective, games in hand never convert into points. You know, full points in the bank. So in the, with Pompey having a fixture congestion, they already have. It was um it was a, a real concern for me that you didn't want you know to have too many games called off. As it turned out, I think it was at the top 11 didn't play on the 29th. Yeah. So there were that many cases then emerging that it, it negated a lot of the concern that I had because, so, because of the, the way that it's developed and so many, so many cases of, of COVID put and paid to, to everyone else's um, game. So that, that, was, that was a positive for me. Um, but, you know... The fact that going to Atkinson on Saturday, not not the most glamorous game coming back in a long trip, as we were talking to to Will earlier, you don't want it on a Tuesday night when in, in amidst everything else that's going to be going on, and a, you know a, it looks like Pompey could well be playing every three or four days again. Um, I, I think I've counted up seven midweek games they've got, given that you've got games rearranged games for the FA Cup and and um, and Papa John's Trophy obligations. Um, with the three games of it this weekend, it goes as well, then to fit in as well. You're struggling to, to fit them in. Um, and it's something, you know, something that's of equal concern for Atkinson. I think if, if not, you know, as bad, if, if not worse for, for Pompey. So this has been echoed all around the game. This is, and this is why it comes to uh, legitimate fears about where the season's headed. Um, because it doesn't look like the virus is going away. Um, the vaccine, well, what point does that come into the frame we're all waiting for? Where does football stand in the hierarchy of, of getting a fact, you know, morally, where does it stand? Because that's what it needs to, for some certainty for games to continue. Um, uh, so, yeah, there's legitimate concerns moving, moving forward on that front. Uh, and loss, while we're using, you know, so called sensational terms like chaotic, um, you know, Terms for the season. That's that 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 feels like that's uh, that's that's warranted, really. Well, where do you stand on a potential circuit breaker? Do you think it, it football needs it, not just the FL, the Premier League? Um, at least, if, at least, if we do you have a circuit breaker, or League One clubs have a circuit breaker, they could at least extend their season. There's no real commitments for European Championships at this level, so why not just go for a circuit breaker? Um. The problem is, if you have a circuit breaker, does it mean that clubs aren't training anymore, or are, are clubs still going to be training? Because if you've got players who've got COVID still, they might be asymptomatic. If you're in training every day, the, uh, the thing is, you could still spread it that way, couldn't you? You know, if you're if you're in training, you're close proximity, etc. Using gyms, and I know that obviously Pompey have stepped it up significantly since a normal year of the clean, etc. And being very very careful in terms of how they go about things around the train bar. Even still, 
that you still could get cases. You have even if you have one case, and then you know, for example, I know Paul Downing's partner's a nurse. She might get in the hospital the day before Pompey are due to play after the two week circuit breaker. Then you're at day one. It's just so hard to mm. to get around, isn't it? That you can get. I think Mark Cartman said that you can get this virus absolutely anywhere. You could get it in the supermarket going. You could get it. You could get it out and about. You could get it off your kids coming from school. The only way to do it is if you have a full national lockdown in 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 tandem with a circuit breaker. Mm. Because if you've still got your kids going to school, etc., as a footballer, you can still get it and. Circuit break is well and good. You have two weeks off, and say they have two weeks off from training, then what? And you come back, you've got the fixtures fulfilled, and then you've got the increased risk of injury because players have been away. So then clubs are going to be saying, "Well, we can't fulfil these fixtures now because we've got so many players injured." It's just, it's just a mess, isn't it? I mean, this is always going to happen, and I think we've said, haven't we? That Pompey was so lucky to go this long without any any cases, and and now they've got a few, which it was inevitable, wasn't it? It's inevitable every every um started at this level. I just don't know how we can do it by by testing regularly. And we all know the costs involved in that, and we, it's been said by many people the PFA need to get involved. Should they get involved? Quite possibly, yeah. They've got all that money sitting in the coffers. Then to get this season done and protect the members, maybe they, they need to do that now and just to get the season done. Because look, if they didn't want to do it now, at least half the season's gone or near enough half the season and save themselves a little bit of money. But now it's really coming to a head. So maybe they need to stick mm-hmm. their hands in the pocket and do it. Jordy, I know you spoke to Catlin about the the moral issues around vaccinations at the, at the footballers. During the summer, it was all about clubs can't afford to pay for testing. Is it going to yep. is the debate going to move to the point where money needs to be available for clubs to vaccinate players? It's very. It's a very very similar debate. Um, it's, it, the same things applies, isn't it? Because um, a lot's being made of, and quite rightly too, of, of how much football has lifted the spirits of the nation through the last nine months or so. Uh, but where as was the case with, with, with testing, where do the morals stand where footballers come in with the older generations in the hierarchy of the, the listed hierarchy of, of how the vaccine will be rolled out? Um, frontline workers, care, you know, care workers, people that work in um, sort of care homes, hospitals. It's, it, it's a tough one to align uh, with, with football, isn't it? In, in the scheme of things, you've got to have some perspective on this. So it's like there's no horizon for me. And on the horizon it is the vaccine. And also on the horizon is the rate of spread. Now what's the one that's further in the horizon? One's coming closer. And at the moment it seems pretty clear to me that the rate of spread is the one that's coming closer than, than the vaccine. Now, as much as we want to push on, and, and you hear people in executives and owners at clubs talking about pushing on, it comes to a point where there has to be a, a, you know, some action. Uh, the EFL, uh, as is, is quite right, are, are just doing their thing and, and they're following their own protocols with testing about being those that come into contact with positive tests or, or show symptoms. Um, and, and then just, just ploughing on with, with that course of action in line, I must add, with, with the rest of society. Now, there's a round of mandatory testing coming up next week from the week, July the four, um, the week of the 4th of January. <laughs> I would be 
and again, something that has been said in within the game, I would be fairly certain that, and I've been saying it for quite some time now, that if you went in and did some random testing of every club in the country, you will unearth positive COVID cases without a shadow of, of you know, if, if, in line with society. If you, if you had a group of any random people in society, I dare say maybe not as much as footballers because of the travelling and, and being in, in moving around in different groups, but I'd be fairly certain that you would unearth COVID cases. Now, so for me, for that reason, that is that is looming large also on the horizon. The fact that they're gonna what would happen when you you group you do a group of twenty twenty five players and you unearth five ten COVID you know that's gonna be when the season could legitimately grind to a halt and action has to be taken because at the moment the government very smartly are kind of saying over to you, the football, we trust Matt Han- Hancock saying, yes, they, we trust the, the, the football authorities to do a good the job, do what's right and do what's safe. But it's kind of over to you. And then caveated, well, in line with the culture secretary as well. Uh, but it's basically, you know, they're watching you very closely. And, and that, that statement kind of wraps up the pressure on, on the Premier League and the EFL. And ultimately, as long as, long as, they, as they, 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 both those bodies are saying they're pushing on at the moment, it will come to a point because as much as they're saying that on the record, certainly with my, my discussions and I'm sure other, other journalists, it's all being caveated with until it comes to a point that we have to do something, that the, the infection is so, so widespread, we have to act. That's when the government will then, who the, the, the bodies DFL and the Premier League answer to, that will be, if they start feeling the pressure from then, that's when it will come to a head. How far that is, as I say, I feel like it's probably closer than the vaccine, which is what, we, uh, what we're all hoping for to get this horrible disease finally sorted out. Well, next week, as it is next week, yeah, the FA Cup games are being played, so you're going to have Premier League teams against EFL clubs, Pompey of the way to Bristol City. Um, that's, going, that's going to be a key moment in this whole debate, isn't it, really, now? Because the Premier League clubs will have been getting tested, the EFL clubs will have to be tested ahead of those games, so it could be trouble down the line in that respect then yeah I mean if if ignorance was bliss for a little bit then now there's no getting away from it is that if if basically and I'm not accusing anyone of anything but if if you were just getting on with things and there was no test and now things are going to be found out and yeah. you know it's it's if we had these if the FA Cup was earlier than this new strain of coronavirus maybe we would have got away with it but now it seems like there's no getting away there's no hardness they're not um We've all got to wake up and smell the coffee, according to one Pompey player, though, but we won't get into that. Really. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who you're talking about. <laughs> That's the quote who, who I actually do really like as well. He really likes laugh, but I was, uh, I was chuckling away in the scene that tweet. Oh, God, we've got to, we've got to clarify. <laughs> Adam did put a tweet out, a conspiracy theory based tweet, didn't he? And he's a good bloke, by the way. Really he is, yeah. Nice, really, really good bloke. But I think we'd all be in unison in saying we don't quite agree with the sentiment of that, <laughs> that quickly, quickly deleted tweet. Yes. <laughs> I'm not saying that the better, thing. Right. Well, here, tell you what, we've said enough about coronavirus. Let's, let's look a wee bit forward. Yeah. Good. Good. The transfer window opens on Saturday. Who's excited? Put your hands up if you're excited. Yo! Especially, especially <laughs> if you haven't got, especially <laughs> if you haven't got a game to write about, that would be a result. <laughs> but, let's see, what are you, Jordy? Are you expecting Pompey to do what's business? Either incomings or outgoings? Uh, yes. Well, much, but I expect them to do business. 
Um, I'll leave the identities of, of our uh, our Y scouting friend Will Rooney to name some names if you want in a minute because I'm sure he's all <laughs> over it. Um, but it, I've spoken to Kenny Jackett about it today. Uh, for, for me, what it wasn't the, the conversation with Kenny that made it clear to me that what Pompey need is is um, another number eight, if you want to call it, an old parlance and a, a driving force in midfield with Andy Cannon. Give him another mention. He's the, the, done very well and established himself as a key member of the team. But if you look around the, the squad at the minute, I would suggest that he's the only player of that ilk. Now, again, when I spoke to Kenny earlier, he said, well, we've got Bryn Morrison, we've got Ben Close there. But you know, I said, are they the ones that are they, are they more defensive minded? Has Ben Close become that more defensive minded player? And he's been a bit out of form as well. I don't think we've got that driving player. If, we, if Andy Cannon comes out of the equation, we're gonna, we've got a big hole to fill there. Um, so that would be the priority, and I think that is the, certainly the, the, the vibes I get that that is is the priority for Pompey um, in January, um, unless there's other unforeseen circumstances or even foreseen circumstances with the situation developing with Campering um, and a possible recall to Bristol City. Uh, Rasmus Nikolaisen's got a uh, recall that's uh, coming up in the next week or so, <coughs> maybe 10 days maybe. Um, will he stay around? He's made a few noises about not having quite as much football as he wanted. What will his parent club, Michelin, um, say? Kenny Jack on that note today saying that he feels that Rasmus would want to stay, but they need to have a conversation with Michelin. So that's the other one. Um, and Jordi Arula, um, who a lot of fans are clamouring for. Uh, again, his contract's up in the in the next ten days, maybe the twentieth, I think, maybe. Um, kind of, yeah. uh, and Kenny wants to have a conversation with him in the next week or so and see where his head's at. He believes Kenny pointed to the, the, the congested fixture schedule that's going coming up. Um, he's also arguing for an extended season today, Kenny Kenny Jacket. But on that note, he's saying with all the games coming up, the jewelry will get in football. So um, that that's. Sorry, I've got I've got an upset. I know that's a wife crying <laughs> in the background. Or just, uh, yeah, you run out of Jägermeister, I think, in the house. Oh no, not on New Year's Eve. You don't want that to happen. <laughs> We're really turning the house. They just found out that your that Accrington's off, and they're going to stick around with you all day on Saturday. Jordy, <laughs> <laughs> if you ever do run out of booze, I dare say Rooney's stockpiling this past few weeks, so you. Just need to call Gaff <laughs> for, for, for a top up. We can have a socially yeah. distant get together down uh, down somewhere in in Fratton or something. We will find a park to hang around or something. Yeah. Will, we? Indeed. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. sorry, I'm sorry. Not, I'm not going to encourage two men of your age to start hanging around parks together now. That's <laughs> I've drunk. I've drunk in worse places. I can assure you of that. <laughs> Where were we? Geordie Awula. Yes, Geordie Awula. Due to talk to him um, and he's promising him more football over, over the second half of the season, whether that be enough to keep Geordie Awula here, we'll, we will see. But no fans wanted to see more of him and I, I can see why as well. He's got something about him. Um, having said that, I don't, he seems a very chilled out bloke, Geordie Awula. Um, I don't think unless, unless he's got somewhere else lined up. I could see him potentially being happy to sort of stick around and be a bit part player and get his career back on track after not playing for so long. So, um, yeah, but as I say, I think uh, a number eight uh, driving midfielder, a la Ben Thompson, who we now know is pretty much off the agenda, um, for now at least, uh, is the priority. Over to you, Rooney, for some names. 
Well, no, hold on, hold Nathan. on. Well, well, before you go, before you go. Ha- yes. Mark Hamilton, now the news, the news has, acu- has been accused of over-dramatizing certain things or using a certain name too often. But he did at the to- recent Tony Goodall fans conference say that Pompey had a, the financial means to bring in one good player in January, which leads mm. everybody, oh, yes, we're going to bring in this this top-class midfielder we've been searching for, I, obviously Ben Thompson's name in the summer, but could that come back to haunt Pompey if they don't get this one big good player that so-called they can afford in January? I don't know whether it's going to be like a real, you know, good player who's going to come in and start. I think it'll be looking for someone who'd probably be similar part to kind of Naylor who's probably going to rotate with them, you'd think. I don't think, because there's no reason to change it at the minute, is that there's no real need to get someone in who's, right, we need a new talisman in the middle of the park, because they're doing well. You'd probably need someone similar quality, similar similar experience to those who can come in and, and do a job, because Cannon puts so much energy and effort into it. I think that is going to catch up with them eventually, later in the season. Nail as well. Oh, don't be doing a... <laughs> Arnie prediction that he's going to give him come the end of the season. <laughs> I'm not. I just think. I just. I just think he needs a break every now and again in the second half of the season. Nail as well. If uh, if he gets injured, then that's big trouble for Pompey, isn't it? Because you've got no one similar to him. But good player. Yeah, I, th- I think it'll be. You're probably looking at someone like a like a Cameron McGee and someone of that ilk. Someone who's a fringe player in the championship, someone who's got a bit of League One experience, you can come in and and when they play, they'll be able to have a similar impact as, as it can. And obviously, you know, I've mentioned a couple of names already that, that's on the website. Um, not saying a Pompey signing, but just some of them who fit the similar mould, like, you know, Connor Coventry, who did well at Lincoln last season, who's West Ham's under-21s captain, Max Sanders, Brighton, and you've got someone like Ryan Turner Clifford um, at Luton, who's obviously went up with Luton before, but um, isn't, isn't getting a, get, isn't getting game time much there at the uh, at the Hatters this season. So just someone of that really can come in when needed, when required, and you're not going to really miss Cannon or Naylor because for me, close or not, I know that Jack had says we've got those two, but as Jolie said, close is more of a passer, isn't he? Someone who, who's better in a four-two-three-one who. Mm. Recycles possession. He's not someone who will burst forward like Cannon, and and Morris is someone who sits and breaks up play a little bit more for me. He's, he's nowhere near as good as Naylor, and he's just jettisoned down the pecking order, hasn't he? After starting off the season as um, as first choice alongside Naylor, so I think they do need to prioritise them. And as Jordy said, it looks like it might be a little bit more reactive after 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 the midfield, doesn't it? Depending on on who goes out potentially. Yeah, yeah. Where's George? I'd like to look up. What well, you know, I'm professional of me to play it without looking it up. But George Wonka at Luton's another one, and he, he yeah, wasn't, he was he wasn't. Um, he was linked in the summer, wasn't too he? heavily. Well, I know I know Pompey were in for George Wonka in, in in the past, not in the summer, but and um, <clears throat> speaking to people at the club, they tried to sign him in the past, and and it was like, oh, well, that, they they are looking for someone of that ilk. So that that's another one. Yeah. Um, I know Herbie Kane went to Barnsley for a lot of money, but he wasn't playing too much after the change of manager. I know he gets a little bit of airplay every now and then, doesn't he, as well? But these are the type of players you're looking for. I just like, on that note, I just remember years gone by when, you know, Pompey signed Yakubu in 2002, 2003 at the halfway point. They just removed all doubt. They went and got Tim Sherwood as well, and they just removed all doubt. And I was just hoping that, you, you know, I know 
<laughs> you haven't got the wage cap now, and that's a sizable uh, obstacle in the way. But just a, a real heavy hitting signing really would give that impetus. Okay, yeah, we're not we are restricting on what we can do at the moment with the wage cap, and there's a lot of uncertainty. But I don't know. I, 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 as you say, uh, uh, a George Monker or a Tunnicliffe or, mm. or a Kane, I, they, those kind of all fit into that category for me. That would really give you a. You know, maybe maybe you know some of a, a real decent profile and experience that can uh, make a difference. Go on, well, you're the art of waste guide expert. Who who yeah. in would be ideal? Personally, I'd like to see obviously um, Max Sands at Brighton for me has a good season at Wimbledon last season. And he played against Pompey in the cup early in the season, and he really impressed against the Championship side in Preston in their subsequent game in the um, in the cup and for me he's been stuck in under 23s football and it's a little bit like maybe you know like a, a sort of a, even a campering or a Steve said and he's done it at a, at a lower club and now the time is to move up to a Pompey where you can really show how good he is and how far he could go by moving up to a club there there's going to be a lot more pressure on him to perform and You'd like to think someone like that might be able to do it. So, yeah, someone like a, a Max Sanders for me would be be the interesting one. I haven't got the, the list of me. I think it was off a ball as well at Bournemouth, who obviously helped, um, oh, yeah. helped Wickham yeah. go up last season. So there are options. But, you know, we've we've said it before, the problem is getting championship players in now is so it's going to be harder because we've nine players on the bench now. It's two more, two more berths you've filled, isn't it, in, in a squad. If you're the manager who used to have seven subs on your bench and you're you're consistently leaving this player out of your squads, you'll probably think, right, we can let him go. But now now you need nine players to fill the bench. You're gonna mm. keep them around, aren't you? And especially with Covers and you don't never know when players are gonna have to self isolate for ten days and then you've got the added injury risk as well. It's just it's just an unprecedented season. So it might make it more difficult to sign. You like to can my games, your Steve Seddon, your Omar Bowles, because clubs might be reluctant to lose those players. Jordy, is there pressure on Jacket to get it right this this January? Bear in mind transfer windows and uh, this time of year. Oh well, I mean, if you look, uh, you could look at the loan situation again. He's going to potentially take a hit with with Pring going back, isn't he as well? And I'm sure that one has been <clears throat> rearing its its head again. A lot of criticism for for signing too many loan players but look at the situation it's the needs must at the, at the moment uh, in terms of pressure I think the biggest pressure on Kenny Jackett is to get Pompey out of the ble- bleeding de- division isn't it um, that's uh, and he's doing he's handled that pressure pretty well with, with the response on the pitch this season and the momentum um, yeah of course I mean it, people will carry out their post-mortems come the end of the season it, it, you know Depending on what happens, and we'll look to January as a, as a you know, potentially as a crucial moment in the in the campaign. It is, isn't it? If you if you recruit well, that, that it's a harder window to recruit in. Um, but if you recruit well, we'll get that one. Then you can one or two. Then you can just give that impetus that we have seen in in many windows. Loire, Loire's going back to that far, isn't it? And your Kubus and <laughs> Lasana Diara and uh, <laughs> my personal favourite. D'Alessandro, you know, these are the, these are the players that we, we, we heart back to the house in days of the men that really made a difference. I mean, D'Alessandro being probably even top Kozanecki for me, actually, in, in terms of my, my favourite players. Um, 
these these people really made a difference. So after you know, not not comparable to where we are now, and but it's just a little little thing insight into what can be done for the season's momentum if you get it right or conversely if you get it wrong as we've seen in recent years and players being recalled as well wasn't it where we really Ben Thompson knocked the stuffing out of us a, a couple of yeah. years ago as well so yeah pressure is on in that extent but um, Kenny, Kenny jacket handles pressure pretty well well this is just something that's come into my mind not... uh oh uh oh you're allowed to say it don't say it I don't know if you should say it or not uh oh <laughs> no no it's not one of those ones. No, it's, it's, this is just that's me. a private conversation, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> no, obviously they've got money in the bank to bring in one good player. If they get so, if they get rid of some of the friends players, i.e. Downing or Bolton or yeah, one of those two, that's going to free up more money, going to free up more squad, uh, more room in the squad. But Pompey got what? There's eight players out of contract at the end of the season. Could that money that you're saving on Downing or Bolton be used to go, right, Tom Naylor, Jack Watmore, here's the money we're offering you for a new contract? Can that, is that, is that a stupid question? I don't even know if that's a stupid question or not. Yeah, the problem is then, though, you've got to, if you give them the money, then you've obviously got to replace Bolton and Tannen, etc. And the players you have are going to be on <clears> less money. They're going to be a lot weaker then, aren't they, than probably what Bolton and Tannen are. They're decent backups, those two, and I know obviously those two lads in particular will want to get out in January, but for me, and if offers came in, you'd probably think Pompey will, will weigh it up. But for me, Bolton and Down, and they're not causing any trouble being on the fringes. And so you've got those two working away, still showing good attitudes and training. And we've heard about Pompey's camaraderie and team spirit this season, and those two not kicking up a fuss by not being involved is quite important because if you've got fringe players who are moping around and training and don't want to be there, then that's going to have an effect on the whole on the whole team, you know, especially if you got rid of those two and then two, say, big air names then take up those, you bring up in other players and then two big air names have to go out to the squad consistently, then that might happen. Um those two lads, they'll definitely want to go out, as you said, but their attitude is absolutely spot on and yeah. really, really nice lads. And I think they've got the respect of the players and respect of the dressing room. They get on with a lot of players. I think Paul Downing's a bit of the oldest elder statesman. A lot of people like him. James Bolton, Clayton Gilvery, he's very good mates with him. I think Brim Morris the same. And he's another who's just a, a genuinely nice lad. And I think... That's a little bit of a warning. It's easier said than done saying get those two out because players have got to be out of the match day squads. That's that's a fact. You're going to have to leave players out if, if people aren't injured, which they haven't been touched <clears> so far this season. And if you're going to have that, you'd rather have lads who aren't going to be kicking up a fuss than, than the lads who are going to be moaning and, as I say, ruining being a little bit destructive, moping around because that can seep into squads quite quite easily. So you just want that positivity around. And mm. if you want to go far in the path of John's trophy as well, then Jesus Christ, those two lads aren't bad to have either, are they in the side? Okay. Well, uh, Good point. we are running out of time quickly here. So just two, a couple of quick fire ones for you as all. Oh, so yes or no, will they stay or will they go? We'll start with you, Jordy. Top of the list, Cameron Pring, stay or go? Oh, uh, he wants to stay before this came on, but obviously out of his hand. Go, go, oh, go, go. 
Will Rasmus Nicolaisen stay or go? I think he will. I think if he doesn't start at Accrington and what more comes in, then he'll go. Big. This is a will they stay or will they go? Yes or no? Anyway, right. So what was that? Well, I think, as I said, if he doesn't start at Accrington, he'll go. He'll go. All right. Okay. Jordy, Jordy Hawilla. Just to really mess with your game, I'm going to give you a really long answer now. <laughs> <laughs> Jordy Awula, stay. Stay. Well done. Well, Paul Downing. Stay. And last but not least, Jordy, James Bolton. Stay. Good lad, James. Good lad. Yeah. I would hasten to add, we've got no particular insight on all these and interest at the moment, so we could be totally wrong on all of them. <laughs> we'll get a press release now, won't we? <laughs> anyway, Mark Will, Mark McMahon, stay or go? Um, oh, go. He's, he, he, he's not a bad lad, is he, Ali? I'll give him three more months. Three more months. <laughs> Yeah, we can't do Neil Alex, Neil's not on the podcast anyway, but we, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm not saying anything there then, right. Okay. <laughs> Habiba, Habiba right. Rackman, our producer, stay or go? <laughs> Get him out. Definitely. Definitely go, 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 <laughs> go. Right, John Westwood, John Westwood, stay or go? <laughs> I'm trying to wrap this up. This is a good game. You got me going now. All right. Oh dear. Barry Kenny Harris. Jacket, stay... <laughs> right, lads. No, listen. I've taken up enough of your time. It is New Year's Eve after all. So yes, let's wrap it up and let the listeners get, enjoy the rest of their day rather than this ramble non nonsense. Um, but no, thank you, lads, for your time. I hope you have a very good new year and of course that message goes out to all our listeners and readers of the news and of course we have to quote UK I can nearly say that there. Hopefully 2021 will be better than the last and here's to a promotion winning season in the year ahead. Thank you all for listening. Goodbye. Thank you for listening and don't forget to subscribe to the Portsmouth News website from less than £1 a week for everything you need to know about Pompey.